Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, I hope everyone's getting along okay, you know, staying at home, you're doing the right things to kind of uh, keep yourself healthy and your families healthy and uh, following sort of the guidelines that are out there. And in the meantime, what I've been trying to do is provide a podcast every week or so to give you a little taste of Disney, to give you a little something to kind of enjoy and remember the parks by uh, as they're closed at this time. So hopefully you're enjoying that. You enjoyed the story about the contemporary and then uh, the music from Sunny Eclipse and then the, the some of the catchy tunes from around the parks. And I've got more planned for the future, but I thought I'd step in the middle here and just talk about a couple of things that are going on that I thought were relevant and interesting and you know, kind of, kind of uh, worthwhile talking about. And I guess that starts off with the conversation about what's going on with the Disney parks. They're all closed worldwide still, and uh, it's unclear when they're going to reopen. And this is an interesting problem we have, and it's, a, it's more of a, I'll use the word international, maybe it's national, because you're getting very conflicting information from a lot of different sources, whether it's the uh, leadership in the country, the leadership of the state, wherever the park is, the leadership of whatever uh, nation that particular uh, park resides in. Um, and then individual communities are also uh, weighing into this as well. And then, of course, you've got the Disney Company. So all of these factors figure into deciding when and if the parks will reopen. I mean, I know it, it's eventually a win, but it, it's unclear when that when will even be decided. So in the state of Florida, for example, you have national guidelines that are saying something. You have the governor that's saying something else. You have some counties, that, the counties of Orange and Osceola, where the uh, Disney park resides because it's in two counties. And you have all of those people saying different things and sort of having different opinions about when things will return to, and I'll use it in air quotes, normal. And so there's a lot of confusion about what's going to happen. And then the Disney company, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about profitability, but they're trying to make sure that they maintain the level of safety too, because you've got a lot of people working for you and you don't want them to go out sick and you don't want to cause problems that are going to cause you to have park attendance to go down once you reopen. So if someone were to get sick at the parks, you certainly don't want to have a public relations nightmare if someone got sick and they sued or, you know, bigger things happened. The news media descended on you and started talking about, you know, how you, you didn't prepare for things. So they've got an interesting problem themselves to have to deal with. So when it'll reopen, it's really, it's, it's not clear at all. So I'll just use Florida as my example. California has got a similar set of circumstances. Again, you have the national, the state, and then the county and the city that are all all have opinions about when it'll open. So everybody's got different things, including the company. So, you know, at this point, it's it's really not clear. The one thing I can tell you is that the Walt Disney Company has agreed to pay its cast members in uh, Florida and California for a period of time. I believe they're currently looking at mid-April as the uh, end date for now uh, for when they'll uh, how long they'll pay their cast members. So cast members are not coming to work. 
They don't want them to be unemployed. They don't want them to be out on the streets. And they want them to come back whenever the park reopens to continue working. So they're trying to balance it and keep people employed. And that's terrific. Um, it's just not clear when that will end. So for the moment, they're looking at it as mid-April. That's what they've announced to them. It's I can't remember the exact date, but it's around there somewhere. And so they're just kind of hanging in there for the moment and just kind of waiting for uh, whatever happens next. Now, they did send their college programmers back to wherever they came from, whichever college or hometown they came from, uh, back into the wilderness, basically, and uh, away from the Disney parks because there was no point in continuing to ha- house them in the housing they have there with the, uh, the Vista Way. And uh, they're in close quarters and they don't have anywhere to go and they might as well just go home anyway because they're not going to, at this time, they won't be going back to work. So that alleviates some of the concerns. Uh, And in the meantime, several Disney executives, including Bob Iger, who's the departing CEO, have donated a portion of their salary toward uh, funds that will fund some of these cast members and some of the activities that are going on to make things a little bit better. So I give them a lot of kudos for doing that in the short term so that it helps things in the, in the near term and hopefully things get better more quickly and uh, we'll be at back up and running soon. So, you know, it's unclear at this point what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. I don't think anybody knows. There's no crystal ball here and there's no guarantees that it's going to work. Anything's going to work at this point. You can set a, a deadline and say, hey, we're, we want to be back by the state, but you just don't know. I mean, China, um, South Korea, different countries had issues and they started to um, relieve you know, some of their uh, stay-at-home orders, and then other things happened. So they had to back off a little bit and change their policies a little. So same thing could very well happen here. So you want to tread lightly and proceed carefully. So we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, I hope to provide you with some Disney-related ideas and thoughts and just keep everybody a little, you know, give you one little happy moment if you're listening to this podcast. So I don't want to dwell too much on all, all the things that are happening. One thing I will tell you, though, I was watching a couple of videos of um, people driving around the Disney property. I have to actually go up that way in a week or so, and uh, I may have an opportunity to take a little trip around there myself because I have to go take care of some business up there. But if, um, if I do, I'll, I'll take a drive around. But the um, interesting thing was when I saw some of these videos was just the, the fact that every road was empty. It's so unusual to see any road empty at the Walt Disney World Resort, but now all of them are empty. And there was this one, this one particular video that struck me. It was someone was driving past the Magic Kingdom parking lot. And the front two lots were empty, no cars in them whatsoever. But the back two lots were entirely filled with buses. All the buses, it looked like, for the Walt Disney World Resort were parked in this one parking lot. And I understand why they parked them there, because it's an enormous parking lot. But it was just rows and rows and rows of buses just parked neatly there. And it kind of struck me. It was kind of a weird thing when I looked at it. You know, the buses at Walt Disney World, they're always running. Basically, the, you know, the latest buses are running is about 3 o'clock in the morning, and the earliest they start is between 5 and 6. So really, there's only a couple of hour window where they're getting serviced and doing whatever. I know they rotate the buses around a little bit, but, you know, there's, the buses are not off the road very much, and they're used for different locations. They'll park them near where they're going to start off the next day. In this case, they just park them because they're not starting off the next day, and they'll probably have to rethink their bus schedules anyway once they do reopen. So it was just really weird to look at. And it was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. So that's the picture you'll see in, that goes along with this podcast. It's just kind of a weird thing when you see it. So anyway, you know, that said, you know, I wanted to talk to you about maybe a couple of things that are happening that are maybe a little more positive. You know, some things that, that Disney was working on. We saw Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opened up at uh, the Hollywood Studios. And 
you know, I had mixed, mixed feelings about this and I saw the videos of it. It was open for a couple of weeks or so. And I was like, okay, it's kind of, kind of cute. I guess it's kind of neat the way they've set it up. It's clever. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, eh, it's, it's really no better or no worse than what they had there with um, the great movie ride, except for the fact that this is intellectual property that Disney owns, so they're going to put something in there that they, that they own, the Mickey and Minnie cartoons, as opposed to all these movies that they were licensing uh, through. So, you know, I'm kind of looking at it, I'm like, it's, there's no win there, but it's cute and whatever, it's not bad, it's just not, it doesn't have anything that really grabs you. There's no, there's no real story and there's nothing really happening, and they're using the kind of cheesy version of the Mickey and Minnie cartoons that they've got out there. Not that interesting, but you know, at least they, they opened something there, they're trying something new. Um, and then you look over at, uh, over at uh, Downtown Disney, or Disney Springs as it's called, I'm sorry, I still call it Downtown Disney, that's on the brain. Um, and they did open the NBA Experience, and it's kind of, it was a kind of a soft open they did. So it was open and you could go in and check it out and see, you know, kind of see what it's like to play in a game, do free throws, whatever. Now, the, this doesn't particularly interest me. I'm not, not that big into the NBA. I don't, mind, I don't mind watching a game, but I don't really care about the experience. One of those things. So I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent about it, but I'm glad that they opened something else and they have another thing that you can touch and feel to replace Disney Quest over on that end of uh, Disney Springs. So I think that's kind of neat and it's kind of interesting and, you know, kind of curious to see how that plays out as it's out there for a while and it reopens and things go on. And then also right next to it or diagonally across from it, the Cirque du Soleil show. Now, Lanuba had closed a couple of years ago, and uh, Disney was in negotiations for a long time about what to do with that space. And finally, Cirque du Soleil and Disney came to an agreement. And there's a new show that they had started working on that's supposed to have premiered, I believe, this week, actually, at the uh, resort. And uh, obviously, it never got started because the park's been closed for a while. But they had been in rehearsals for it, so it'll be interesting to see when they do open how that goes. I had a friend that was, uh, had gotten tickets to see it um, in the next couple of weeks. And he's like, oh man, I really was looking forward to taking a trip away and, you know, kind of enjoying myself. But unfortunately, you know, that's not going to happen now that they haven't reopened. But, um, kind of interesting, you know, look forward to seeing that show when they do have it open. Um, you know, I like the, uh, Lanuba show they used to have there. Now I'm curious what this show is going to be like. So looking forward to that a little bit. And then over in the Magic Kingdom, I heard recently that they got the permits filed to create a Wreck-It Ralph attraction in what used to be Stitch's Great Escape slash Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter slash Mission to Mars slash Mission to the Moon. That space will be reused as a Wreck-It Ralph sort of exhibit. Again, intellectual property, something Disney owns, they want to make it interesting. And this one has the potential to be pretty interesting. Uh, what they want to do is they want to kind of redo the theater, so it would still be the two theaters, you have the queue area, and then the two theaters in the round. But what they want to do is redo it so that when you're in the theater, you're actually doing something on a computer, so you're interacting with Ralph in some way, who's uh, going to be somehow shown in the center part of the stage. So kind of interested to see how that works, because it's supposed to be a little bit interactive. Now, this one will be put off for a while. Obviously, it won't be in until probably late next year, I'm guessing, if that early. But I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. And of course, any other construction projects that they've had ongoing, like um, the... Uh, uh, Remy attraction, um, the Ratatouille attraction that they had over in France. That one was kind of most of the way along in its production, so hopefully it will come out still later this year, hopefully. Um, if they didn't lose too much time in the construction, we'll see. But I uh, look forward to seeing that one too. 
So one other thing I wanted to share with you, and this was kind of a, my own little amusement, and I hope you get a little kick out of it. Um, I'm, a, I'm an annual pass holder, and my particular annual pass has block out dates during the summer and then around Christmas time. So sometime around June, the first week in June, maybe like June 3rd, 4th, something like that, all the way until the end of August, I have a blackout time. I can't, I can't visit the parks, which I'm totally okay with, and that's the reason I picked this pass, because I don't like going during the summer. I like going other times during the year, so I pick some times that I like to go. Summer is not one of them that I generally like to go, so I'm okay with that. So that's my pass. A couple of years ago, Disney made an, an offer to extend out uh, an extra month on your annual pass, and it was a really nice deal. It was a good thing that they offered it. But as I may have told you in the past, I'm sure I've talked about this, uh, this was something that I was like, doesn't really help me at all. Because when I bought my pass, I actually bought it with about four days left before the blackout period. Because I needed to go, I wanted to go, needed to go, wanted to go, whatever it was. I wanted to go at that time that was right at the beginning of June after Memorial Day and before the June uh, blackout period, I wanted to go for a few days. So I managed to get my pass at that point. So my uh, renewal point is the first week in June. By pushing me out, my renewal point is now in the first week in July, <laughs> which doesn't help me. That extra month that they added for me is of no value to me because that's during the blackout period. So the only thing it did was make it harder for me to renew. I'm a person who collects gift cards. I get them from different sources for different things that I work on, things that I do, whatever. And I have those gift cards and I like to pay for my renewal with those gift cards. It's just something easy to do. So you can renew up to 60 days in advance of your pass expiring. So I would go anytime from basically April 1st, April 2nd, something like that, until it actually, uh, the blackout date. So if I went up to a window and I was going to the parks anyway, pretty much in the spring, I could go ahead and use my, uh, renew my pass at that point. So it was kind of nice. When they moved me out a month, that meant I, could, I had to start like May 2nd or 3rd. So if I was going in April and not in May, that was a problem. I couldn't renew at that point. And last year, that's exactly what happened. I wound up not going until sometime in, so I went in like March or something before the renewal period. And then I didn't wind up going back again until like October. So I had to renew by phone. And renewing by phone or on the computer is a little bit of a problem. You can't use the gift cards the way you want to. These individual gift cards from like Visa, MasterCard, Amex, whatever. Those cards I couldn't use because you're kind of stuck and they won't let you use them over the phone. <laughs> So I was kind of stuck, not a huge deal, but I was able to, uh, so I was able to pay for it using uh, a regular credit card and then just use the gift cards for something else. And that's fine, but it was kind of stupid, right? It was just like, that's kind of dumb. I like doing it in person for exa exactly that reason. Plus it's always fun to talk to the cast member who's uh, renewing my card and just talk, chat with them for a while because that's the kind of person I am. I like to chat with people. So whatever, okay, got it renewed, that's fine. So now my renewal date is actually early July, and so it's kind of hard for me to do the renewal, whatever. And now they're saying for whatever time the park is closed, this is the newest information, they're going to <laughs> um, give me those extra days. So if the park is closed for, say, six weeks, you get, you'll get six additional weeks. Still have the blackout date, but now instead I would my renewal date will be like mid-August. <laughs> <laughs> which is no help at all because now I won't be able to renew in person at all beforehand. I could renew in person because you can go up to 30 days after, potentially could renew it in September if I'm going in September and could do it then. Otherwise, I'm going to have to do it on the phone again. So it's just kind of awkward <laughs> the way they worked it out just because of the blackout dates that I'm not going to be there because I don't go up there when it's a blackout time because there's no reason to. 
uh, unless something's going on specifically. So it's kind of just a funny thing that I'm kind of stuck because I can't do anything with my annual pass as far as renewal goes. So they're giving me a help. Yeah, you're giving me six additional weeks that'll take me into the summer when I can't use it anyway, and it just makes it harder for me to renew. (laughs) So just one of those trivial, stupid things that happens in life. I just look at it and laugh and just kind of shake my head, but I just wanted to share it with you. Maybe you'll get a smile out of it too, because it's just trivial and stupid in the grand scheme of things, but kind of funny in a way. So finally today, I wanted to end with one thing. There's this new um, audio that's circulating around, and they're calling it 8D audio. And really what it is is it's 3D audio with some immersive sounds where they'd move the tracks and they move them around. So if you're listening with headphones, they sound like they're in different places. So you can actually immerse yourself in a sound. And it's kind of a fascinating thing. And I wanted to play for you a little clip here from a pentatonic song that I was sent. There's no copyright infringement intended here. This is just for you know your amusement, just to hear what the sound sounds like. And I hope you will go out and buy a Pentatonics album or give them some money, whatever. Um, yeah, I just wanted to do this for education so you can hear what it sounds like.
So hearing that got me to thinking about it. Back at the Soundsation at uh, Disney's MGM Studios, this was a booth you could go in and you could actually hear something like 3D sound that would go around you and immerse you in the same way. And you, it, it, it's kind of an intriguing thing. So I wanted to try and take the track from that and try to make it a little bit closer to what it originally sounded like. If you listen to podcast 336 on my list here, you'll hear the whole story behind this and hear what the original audio sounded like. I played with it a little bit and tried to make it sound a little more 8D so things were in the distance and closer and whatever, closer to what it originally sounded like. So if you put on headphones, just like that pentatonics thing, and listen to it, perhaps you'll hear it too and you can, you can kind of experience it. It's a little more immersive. So I just wanted to share that as something fun that I hope you enjoy. Now sit back and relax. Close your eyes and come with me on an adventure in three-dimensional sound. Your name is R.J. McBean, and you've been hired as an executive at a major motion picture studio. It's your first day on the job. Sitting behind your desk in your big new office, all you can hear is the tick-tock of a grandfather clock as you await the arrival of your assistant, Hampton. He should be coming in through the door on your right any second now. Good morning. Well, you must be R.J. McBean, our new studio executive. My name is Hampton, and I'll be helping you through your day here at the studio. Well, well, they certainly gave you a spacious office, R.J. And look at this. A refrigerator filled with cold drinks. Here, why don't you have one? And look what we have over here. A window with a view of the parking lot. <laughs> what a day. Oh, and here's something I know you're really going to enjoy. Your own personal secretary. Shirley, say hello to R.J. Hi, R.J. Why, I heard that even the big cheese himself is coming over here just to see you. That's why I took the liberty of setting up an appointment for you to get your hair done. Shirley? Yes, Mr. Hampton? Would you please send in Ken? Right away, Mr. Hampton. This guy's great, R.J. He's a little clumsy, but he knows how to do a good job. Good morning, all. Just a trim for RJ today, a little off the sides, and shape out the back, okay? Well, whatever you say. Oh, that's all right. That's Sorry. all right. Ken, I'll pick them up. Oh, thank you. RJ McBean's office, Hampton speaking. Yes? Uh-huh. Okay. I'll let R.J. know about him. Thanks for calling. That was the agency. Apparently that new director is a bit of a flake, but I think he's got some good ideas, R.J. Shirley, send in. No, I won't wait. I am the director. Flavio. Greetings, everyone. Flavio is here. Here, Hambone, hold that. I think I'll sit this one out. So you're R.J. McBean. <laughs> Listen, R.J., you're going to love my new script. Why, it's absolutely the most wonderful story you've ever heard. It's bound to be a box office biggie. Mind if I smoke? 
Yes, we do. Now just pitch your story, Mario. Very well. Imagine that you are in the desert. The hot wind is blowing across your beaded brow. Excuse me, uh, may I? Uh, be my guest. Suddenly, a nomad's arrow flies through the air and whizzes by your turban. Oh, wait a minute. You don't have a turban. Uh, here, this will have to do. A newspaper. Imagine that. A turban made out of newspaper. Yes, it's the latest in chic headwear. What are you doing with that bow and all those arrows? Don't worry, Ham I'm not going to hurt anybody. Simply setting the stage for my story. Now, the arrow flies through the air. Yikes! And lands, oops, in your mahogany paneling. Well, listen, gotta go. Let me know what you think. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Sorry about that, RJ. Well, we won't need this anymore. I knew this guy was quackers, but I didn't think he was dangerous. Uh, thanks, Ken. That'll be all for today. Uh, you bet. Uh, see you in a few days. <laughs> yes? Excuse me, Mr. Hampton, but M.M. is here to see R.J. M.M.? Send him in, Shirley. Yes, sir. He's the big cheese. Uh, hiya, Hampton. Hi, R.J. Nice to see you, Mickey. Boy, you've really earned your ears. <laughs> Look at the time. I've got a ton of things to do today. You're going to do just fine here. I'll see you later, RJ. Well, nice job, RJ. Thanks for coming in. I'll see you, or rather, listen for you next time. Please remove the headphones at this time and exit the sound station's booth. Bye-bye. And there you go. That is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Hopefully, we'll be back up and running relatively soon as a society getting out there and doing more things. But in the meantime, we got to do everything we can to try and help curb the spread of this virus. And uh, stay home, stay away from others. I know I'm a social person. I I have a lot of trouble with this. I love to get up and walk around. I see my neighbors and I'm like, hey, how you doing? I got to stand over here. I can't walk over to you. It's weird. Um, So it's kind of a strange thing to have to deal with. Um, From my perspective, I'm an outgoing person. I like to talk, obviously. So I get a little uh, antsy sitting in the house all the time. But hopefully we'll be back to being our normal social selves in the not-too-distant future and be able to visit the Disney parks again. So stay tuned. Hopefully we'll get some more announcements about that later. And in the meantime, remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there... Please check out some of our affiliates. 
You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company.